0: Blob Talk Radio Blob Talk Radio Talk Radio
1: have much.
3: Welcome and welcome and welcome to Hope and Healing, our journey to wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and I'm so very glad that you've joined us here tonight on the Soul of America Radio Network. That's right, each and every Monday night from coast to coast, you can find us right here on this network. That's right, 9 o'clock Eastern time, 8 o'clock Seven o'clock in the Mountain Time Zone, six o'clock in the Pacific, and wherever you may be on the globe, you find us here for this very important, informative broadcast of Hope and Healing, our journey to wholeness. For those of you that are joining us for the very first time, maybe perhaps you're listening at www.soulofamericaradio.com, or if you chose to call in to listen, you're calling in at area code three, two, three, seven, eight, four, nine, six, three, eight. That is how you reach us here tonight. And for those of you that are going to call in and want to be a guest or have a question or comment, as you call in, just to hit the number one on your keypad that lets our producer know that you want to get on the airway. I'm so glad that you're here. For those of you that are joining us for the very first time, this show is designed with you in mind. It is a show that uh, that platform is now addressing the issues of domestic violence, sexual violence, abandonment, loss, rejection, Anything that has caused you grief or harm, that there needs to be a place of healing. And so we believe that it takes hope in order to heal, and it's a journey to becoming whole once again. And once again, I'm your host, J.R. Ficklin, and I'm always glad to be with you. And I want to say right from the start, I want to say Happy Memorial Day uh, to each and every one. And when we say Happy Memorial Day, we're simply... Acknowledging the loss, the sacrifice, the lives that was given in order for us to, uh, to enjoy the freedoms that we have today. I also say this. Freedom is never free. It costs something. It costs a price. And for many that gave their lives, we want to acknowledge them tonight. We're just a little late starting only because of technical difficulties on our satellite end, on this end here. But we're here, and we promise you that we will not cheat you out of a show tonight. We believe that we have a great lineup tonight, and we're looking forward to some great... Callers and you that are listening tonight, perhaps tonight is something that will pr- uh, will prick your interest inside of some things. We continuously deal with the issue of domestic violence here on this particular show and sexual violence, abandonment, rejection, isolation, all those things. They have a way of causing harm and injury. But tonight's show, we've entitled it, When Loving You Is Hurting Me yeah some of us have been there before when loving you is hating me and it centers around the fact of so often time that when victims find themselves in abusive relationship many times it's not just a classical what people think abuse is and those type things in many cases uh, the victim is in that relationship because they felt the need to protect the, uh, protect the abuser perhaps the abuser was someone who had a reputation who had a title who had a high-profile position someone who everybody thought was a great person on the outside and everything but only the victim knows what they have endured and so in many ways that victim oftentimes they are in that abusive relationship not because of the fact that they want to be, but because of the fact they're trying to protect that individual, although that individual is hurting them. So when loving you is hurting me becomes a real big situation, because it also means the fact that I'm trying to protect not only the reputation of the abuser, but oftentimes I'm trying to protect everything that I've built. And so it's a complex situation tonight, and that is our guiding topic on the night. Not meaning that we cannot uh, talk about other things, but that is our guiding topic on the night, and we want to make sure that each and every one of you are part of it. So once again, listen, text a friend, call a neighbor, tell them to join us tonight right here on the Soul of America Radio Network, area code 323-784-9638. 323, area code, uh, code 323-784-9638. That is how you reach us here on this great network. And so I want you to just know that tonight that even as you've joined us, we're going to have a great time. And I want to bring our guest on tonight. Uh, and I guess I'm going to allow her to introduce herself. I will say this, she is a survivor, she is a thriver, she is one that has continuously uh, began to do this work inside of addressing domestic violence as She looks to begin to also uh, being there as a source of counseling and resources for those that are abused and those that are looking to find strength, and she will speak tonight to this topic and whatever topic tonight that she likes to, and I want to officially bring her on, welcome our guests tonight. Those of you that listening tonight, I want to uh, welcome our guests tonight, and I'm going to bring her on right now, and I want you all tonight uh, just to uh, give her your undivided attention, call in if you have questions or whatever, and so, so with our audience. Tonight, let's welcome our guest, LaVeria. She's going to give you official introduction, but we want to welcome her in tonight. You're on the air tonight. Good evening.
4: Good evening, Pastor Thicklin. um It is a privilege. Yes. Just want to say it is a privilege to just be on um, this radio talk show tonight, um, speaking on such a sensitive topic. Um, when loving you was hurting me, um, and thank you for the uh, grandiose um, introduction. Also, um, yes, I am a domestic uh, violence. I call myself a victorious, surviving survivor. Yeah,
3: okay, and
4: I say this, and I say this because I give God the glory for helping me successfully escape from a past abusive relationship. Uh, yes, I am a domestic violence advocate and also a wife of a minister, and we share a great passion for hurting families, women, and children in the community. So it's such a pleasure. Um, To be doing this tonight. Um, uh, Back to the topic when loving you was hurting me, um, I feel as though many victims have experienced this feeling and this position. um, I myself have also walked in this path, okay? And so that's why it's very dear to my heart, this particular particular topic. Um, All right, Uh, right now I'm going to share my personal story, okay? this is why this is very that's essential to me? Hi. Um, years ago, um, my ex abuser, um, he was and still is a prominent, wealthy business owner in his community, okay, with a, a good reputation. I should say, great reputation. And his enter- enterprise is a dynasty. Um, his father and other men before him operate the same type of business. And this afforded um, him a very financially comfortable lifestyle. However, little that I know, I knew at that time that loving this man was going to hurt me in a mighty way. Um, for example, in the very beginning of the relationship slash marriage, um, he started to gain and maintain control by using intimidation or fear, by smashing items or using looks, um, or use a male privilege, for example, acting like the master of the castle and so on. But however the ultimate behavior that made me afraid, um, was his act of attempted murder of or, or nearly choking me to death, okay, in our home. And I remember I was being lifted off the ground uh with his hands around my neck and I felt myself grasping and struggling to breathe, actually grasping for air. Um, and this was the first time, even though I called the police on him, but I didn't press charges. And why? Well, the reason why I didn't is because I wanted to protect his reputation and image as a successful businessman in the community. And I knew if he went to jail, his image okay, may have been affected you know, negatively. Okay? Um, for instance, the business itself, the finances, and our lifestyle would have diminished? okay, so I want to wow. start off with that okay, and I want okay. to go into reasons um go ahead
3: no, go right ahead i i i'm I'm really prompting you to go right ahead. I think this is so important for for our audience to hear tonight,
4: okay. All right, and I wanted to go into um, some other reasons why victims may protect their abuser's reputation and image. Um, You know what? Frankly, the victim may love the abuser, okay, and don't want to see him harmed or look like a monster, so to speak, in the community. There's a curing factor there, all right? Uh, Like I said before, economic reasons, right? If the abuser acquires a bad reputation and image, it can affect their finances, Okay, in lifestyle, in a negative way. Um, for instance, in my case, I just didn't want him to be seen as a wife beater. All right, because I knew customers or clients, they saw it as a negative thing. They would have sought business elsewhere. All right, that would have hurt.
1: Yeah.
4: Um, and another reason is the victim may feel threatened. Okay, threatened or fearful or realize that, like, if she continues or contributes to any way um, of her abusive image being tarnished, she could actually die. All right. Like, for example, yes, in my case, my ex told me, he says if I had, like, taken his, his many toys away, stuff, so to speak, many rich wealthy toys, what he likes, you know, including the home and including other assets, um, or brought his reputation down in any way, he would wait until i take a bath, all right, position myself in the bathtub, and he would have wrapped his hands around my neck, and he would have choked me to death, and I believed wow. him. Because was the look in his eyes, and a victim at that time, well, uh, she knows. Like I said, she's wow. an expert at survival, and she knows, so at that point her her best that would you know is as a a technique or a a way to protect herself and him, she goes alone with it um another reason overall, like their overall successful family image, like I said, would be damaged uh Tana she may not want the public to view not just him but their whole entire family in a negative
3: standing. You see? Let me ask you this, because I think it's important inside of what you're saying, that, and I think many people don't understand that, that that is oftentimes a struggle with a victim. It is the fact that though this person is abusing me, I don't want to really tarnish their name or tarnish the family name. What I really want is the abuse to stop. But it's very hard for you to come forth because of the fact of the fear of not being believed by others that this individual is capable of doing such. And so, um, you know, inside of that, uh, you know, uh, kind of explain, explain those dynamics because there are many people who who don't understand how complex it is. Uh, in many cases, to get out of abusive relationship, in other cases, to really uh, turn to someone, you know, someone that you can trust. Uh, Sometimes the shame of uh, and the fear of not being uh, believed is also a big part. Would you say? Oh yes, uh, definitely the
4: shame. There's shame in that. Um, she may. That's the thing about it. The victim is a female, and may it could be either or. But in my case, she may know deep dive, deep down inside that he is not treating her, let's say, quote, the best, right? Mm-hmm. Or make excuses for it. Let's put it that way. Make 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 excuses. All right. Um. Uh, sorry. Um. And she may be looking for that kind and compassionate generous person to reshow himself see mm-hmm. a lot of times many times people may think um okay well all right let's say okay for instance uh something may happen but she can't hide it okay everybody may see the let's say physical incident that happens so in this case she can't hide it he may see her or someone may see her being punched or something in public she's trapped she feels trapped um She will. Most times, she will stand up to him, and she will stand up and support him Um, again. Because, like I say, she want to portray an image that she's, you know, supporting her man. (laughs) Okay. Um, And, for instance, like I said, looking for that, uh, let's say, perfect man, so to speak, to come back out. And and it's very, it's very difficult. Maybe very difficult to, to, I say, leave or even build up the strength, you know, to separate or depart from him um, at that time. And family and friends, individuals, they they might not, you know, they can't understand that they may be looking at her as if, okay, like I've heard this before, like what is wrong with her? They might judge her and, you know, criticize her. and, And that there in itself would make her feel even more shameful, you know, to hide sort of. But like you know, to
1: hide up, up up under him, you know, so to speak, in a way.
3: So, so and so all those factors know. play a major part inside of the decision that she makes because sometimes, here's the thing it's not the fact that the victim might not love him, but loving him is hurting her. Uh, she's she's suffering in silence, she's hiding in shame, uh, she's experiencing, uh, the sense of even rejection, she's experiencing the uh, the sense of a uh, you know the sense of a uh, really a fear, and because of the fact you know when she look at how others may view him, she feels that mm-hmm. she's going to be less believed by others, and and so I wanted you to if you if you could talk a little bit about that, how much that plays into that role of of that victim either remaining silent or, or really suffering um, over a period of time. Mm-hmm.
4: Oh, absolutely. Less believed by others. Oh usually okay, the abuser has actually systematically from the beginning have focused his efforts, okay, on being looked in a very good I say, very positive way in the community. Okay. In other words he may be okay, for instance, he's gonna be kind to her family, generous to her family, like in my case, my ex abuser brought my mom a convertible, right? A car. All the way,
1: okay.
4: which so when I, you know, went to her and I said, "Look, he, he, he's really he's abusing me, and I don't know what to do. I can't take it no more." And you know, immediately her response was, "Well, well, what did you do to provoke Absolutely. him or to upset him? Interesting. Why? Because he just he, he 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 bought her things. He bought her even a, a new set." washing machine, convertibles, he, you know, he sent her whatever she needed, okay? So in her viewpoint, right, and her her image of him was like, oh, he's grandiose. He's he's the nice man walking the face of the earth, okay? And he also was very nice to my friends, especially my best friend. They get very close to the, like, her inner circle, they get everybody to 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 view him as this, you know, nice, kind, generous. Oh, it's like a knight in shining armor. Like my best friend, um, he used to help pay her bills. Okay, she come wow. to me. Oh, I'm gonna buy and stuff and all, and he's like, "You don't, know, no problem. Whatever she needs, whatever she need, pay uh, pay her bills, help her, you know." And even my my brother, I I had a brother. He was the best to my brother, he was the best male figure or role model he ever had. Why? Because he allowed him to work in his business, right, you know, after he came out of college, okay? So he taught him many things.
3: He's like a father wow. to
4: him. So um, all these people, um, I felt isolated. No family support, no friends, no resources like, you know, like that. So his image was everything. You
3: wow. And, and let so, me say this: I easy. want to interject. I, I really want to interject, bits And for those of you that are listening tonight, you're listening to Hope and Healing: A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J. R. Thickland. We have here tonight our our guest, Letheria. Uh, it's on, and she is a survivor. She is a thriver, and she is here tonight, and she's sharing part of her story. Uh, our, our subject tonight is is very simple: is when loving you is hurting me, and it is really talking about oftentimes uh, the the abuser, oftentimes being able to exert power control simply by reputation, simply by, you know, having and owning certain things. And, 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 and Luther, you said something that I want to make sure that our callers are listening to. Here's the case, and, and I say this for so many people who say, well, how can – this person be so bad or it's got to be something wrong with the the victim because he's a nice guy, you know, he gives, he's generous, he does things the community and all those things there. And yet it's still and all those things are true. But the, the, the interesting The interesting point behind that is that this individual used those very traits in order to control people in order to uh to to garner uh, uh, sympathy empathy, and support. That person does those things in order to absolutely pull people over to to their side because after all who's going to believe that this person is abusive to you or threatening you or, 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 or doing the things he was doing to you in the bathtub or you know of uh, choking or strangling you when here's a guy who's giving money who's buying money, a convertible who's paying bills for friends who were doing all those things there. And so to a certain degree, that amount of power absolutely made a victim think twice about going forth because she said, who's going to believe me? When everyone sees the outward show of what this individual is doing. So I'd like for you to just continue from that point because I think it's very interesting. And, by the way, for those of you that are listening today, you can call in with any question or comment. Erico 323-784-9638. If you've called in already, you simply hit the number 1 on your keypad that lets our producer know that you want to uh, have a question, uh, a comment, and we'll get you on the air. Uh, You don't have to give your name if you don't like, but we definitely welcome you tonight. Continue. Mm Mm-hmm.
4: Okay, absolutely. Um, she is also less believable because of the image that and the relationship he has also built with their children. That is very interesting. The children themselves. Um, he will, uh, like, for instance, spoil them. A lot of times he would spoil them, get them, you know, whatever they opt for, what iPhone. Um, in my case, it was a. Uh, iPhones, give them all iPhones, give them clothes, give them everything that they asked for, give them all the trips that they wanted. So when he said something, when he went to them, okay, and said something about mommy, okay, well, well mommy is acting in this way, and, like, versus says, mommy's pathetic, mommy is disgusting, mommy is, you know, negative things, they sided with him. It's like, well, mommy, what are you doing? What are you doing to make him treat you like that? Okay, absolutely, or yeah, did you or what did you say, or you know how he is, so what the children wow. do they they try to is like get get the mother to turn or act or behave a certain way to calm him, to appease him, okay, so of like to stay on his side because of the relationship they have, they also see him in a positive light. And a, and a lot Absolutely. of oh, a lot of times yes, yeah, a lot of times so one thing I want to point out is financial. But oh, he uses um financial resources as a tool, I should say a wicked tool. Um, just because of you know, how he treats them, he may be sending them to Europe. He's actually putting them in positions financially that she may not be able to do or you know, as well or as often as, as he does. And the thought is put a blinder or a shutter over um, the children's eyes. So she has. Think about it. She has the, the the children siding with him. Okay. Even and and I, and I, I want to say this. Even if they're two years old, one years old, straight up to fifteen, sixteen, or twenty year olds, it, it it doesn't matter. He will deliberately try and brainwash the children for many years to get the children to side and support him. Okay, so she could be isolated and don't have that support. Wow. Um, And it's interesting, too, even in the congregation, because I've seen it in the congregation with a a pastor, all right, a clergy. And to me, you know, pastors and clergy, they do have, like, open hearts and want to see the best in, in every individual, okay? But the abuser would actually use that. I said a good good nature and good side of the clergy would use that also can serve by even getting on the good side of the pastor.
0: Absolutely. For instance,
4: um, and, for instance, it was, it was uh, very recent. He'll so go in the back of the church and, and ask questions. For instance, you may have a gathering and, oh, who made this food? Oh, it, it, it's very nice. It's very good. And then he'll sit up there and say something like, well, well, who pays you for that? He says, well, don't really get paid. We do it out of goodness of our heart because of the church congregation. He could go in his pocket and take out cash, a lot of cash. and give it right there. Here you go. All right?
3: Because they have oh. the ability to do so, they use their influence in that way is what you're saying.
4: Yes. So even the clergy and the church members, when they see him, they they see him as a nice, low-key, very generous and kind person. And they don't want to run him away from the uh, congregation. They don't want to run him out of the the place, you know. The the finances will probably decrease too, you see. So even even with that, um, they may come to her and and say, okay, well, why don't you just forgive him, forgive him, Uh, you know, talk to him you know, even to a point of reconciliation and stuff. Is there must be something, again, re-victimizing the victim.
3: Absolutely. You know, one of the things I want to do inside of that is this. I, I want to take a quick break, and I want to come back to you. We have a caller on the line that wants to ask a question or have a comment, and we want to do that. This is very interesting here. When loving you is hurting me, and you're listening to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklin, and we'll be right back after this break. Stay tuned. <laughs>
2: you listening via internet, you're probably seeing a series of advertisements. Please click on those advertisements as they help us to continue to bring you the best in Soulful Talk Radio.
1: You're listening to Lord. Destiny by choice
2: Fellowship on Facebook is a spiritual, drama free, judgment free fellowship forum for like minds to share in encouragement through testimonies, scriptures, music, prayer, worship, and fellowship. It is our desire to be an oasis of hope in the midst of the deserts and wilderness of life's most challenging experiences. We welcome you for prayer requests as well as your testimonies as we collectively operate as thermostats, changing life's experience through God's leading in His Word. Join us as we empower lives and shape destinies. That's Destiny by Choice 2 Fellowship on Facebook through a search you can find us.
0: If you're listening via internet and you want to speak to the host, please dial 323-784-9638 and press 1 to be connected to the host. This is the soul of America Radio
4: I am Indy Harlem Q And I am fighting the power On the soul of America Radio
3: Worldwide Coast to coast talk radio This is the soul of America Radio You're listening to SOAR. And now
2: back to Hope and Healing A Journey to Wholeness with your host,
3: J.R. Thickland. Welcome back to Hope and Healing, A Journey to Wholeness. This is your host, J.R. Thicklet, and we're so glad that you've joined us tonight right here on the Soul of America Radio Network. We have been in discussion tonight from the topic, When Loving You Is Hurting Me. And we have our guest here, Litheria, uh that is sharing not only our, uh, parts of her personal testimony in life, but giving us the dynamics and principles in which many victims find themselves in inside of abusive relationship and right before the break uh there uh we have another caller who has also been a guest on the show and uh she has a question or comment and uh is on as well so we bring on our caller uh good afternoon Ms. gardner you're with us on hope and healing a journey to wholeness
0: good afternoon good to hear your voice and thank you so much for letting me uh comment and and ask a question and i I i'm i guests just uh, always intrigued by the testimonies of, of women who have experienced domestic violence, as I have also, and a survivor. Um, i like to ask your guests, for one thing, and I guess I, I might be rhetorical in a sense, but I know that when I have talked with women who uh, came from very good households as far as um, economic-wise and professional it, Professionally, um, what did you find? Um, is that's the name. I'm sorry,
1: L- am the I correct?
0: Yeah. The theory, yeah. Okay. The did yeah. you find um, that one of the things that reason why you didn't call also it was the, the that just the thought of the police car pulling up at your house continuously, especially with neighbors would see. Uh mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
4: Oh yes, absolutely. Um. Oh, the police. Actually, the police was called 31 times.
0: Not almost 31 times. In My God. Okay. 31 in one okay. year. Okay. Mhm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now that brings me to another question, then, because um, I know that uh, in certain communities, um, and even in in communities of color as well as mm-hmm. um Caucasian communities. There's always was that that op- that um the right of the uh law enforcement to make mm-hmm. snap decisions on right on site. Um oh, sometimes yes. it did not work very well on behalf of people of color. They would actually leave people, um the mm-hmm. situation. Um it didn't always come away with an arrest which was a problem. It also Uh had been a problem. If they were professionally known, they would Uh want it to be kept down, you know, at a low key. And so, until Uh the Victims of Violence Against Women's Act came out, there was no game plan for the um, for the uh, the victims and or or for the um, not the victims, but for the for law enforcement and judges and how to handle these cases. Uh Did you find there was some prejudice in your um that was blatant in oh, the yes. situations you were in? Can you give oh, us yes. an example Mhm
4: yes, absolutely um for example, um when the police did come uh to our residence because he was well known, he had a contract with the police department. He's to fix their cars
1: um. oh.
4: Yes, I used to help write up the contracts and do the bids, and he he got them. He was very good at what he did in his enterprise. Okay. So when they came to the house, they knew him. The only thing they did was, oh, okay, all right, yeah, well, well I, I'm i not going to say his name, but the thing is, okay, well, look, um this will not happen again, okay? um, we don't want this to happen again, <laughs> you know how things yes. are, they a, a a slap on the back, you know just yes, just take care you know, take care of your woman, you know make you know make sure this doesn't happen again, but it was it was not taken seriously, yes, because yes. like like I said, he gave them breaks, he fixed their cars, they were buddy they used to go and play golf together, oh my. Yeah. Yes. 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 So I I, I had no standing. yeah Um. I, I, so yes, and, and that
0: that prejudice. Yes, yes, it is. Okay. It is. Can I? Yeah. Can I? Just one more, and I guess it's in the form of a comment, Reverend Dicklin Um. <laughs> I was watching today. Um. A, a situation, and this is Mental Health Month, and I, for one, know and believe there is um one of those that believe there's a connection between mental health and abuse and trauma when it comes to um um domestic violence, sexual abuse. And uh, absolutely we, I I and if you have a great support system you can talk to someone, you have a great outlet for getting some things done, um when it comes to uh reporting and counseling, then and the church has always been resilient and helpful in that area But then we have the other side Who where what goes on in his house mm-hmm. Stays in his house And so um, we have a lot of people Who suffer from mental health Issues and they don't see it as mental health And so mm-hmm. I was Listening today regarding um, This had to do with males And, um, and fatherless Males and, But it's uh-huh. still the same concept And about the abandonment And um, and and those mm-hmm. things, uh, not not having any kind of support system, and mm-hmm. and the guess the whole nine yards. Now, did you? I I believe that, and I say this with those who have been in professional pl- places in the media uh, that we read mm-hmm. about as far as sports and all and you know I think They just they just um, released Ray Rice of his okay. responsibilities. Mm-hmm. You know, there's different a lot of things. And we know well, that that's one of the times is during sports. Do you actually um, find that and or or can you say that during these times of domestic violence and when these issues are swept under the rug or even handled in court and, or a woman is paid off, I think they did that with um, someone else back here not too long ago and signed him up with Dallas, was they paid off? The woman is paid Mm -hmm. off, and she's let to go away. She takes away baggage with her. Did you do that Mm -hmm. also? Did you find that long after the relationship you still had some baggage that needed to be dealt with, and even in your relationship now? Mm -hmm.
4: Oh, uh, yes. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Even after, wow, that is very good. Uh, Very good points you um, um, hit up on there. Even after um, leaving, or the Lord of Saviour Jesus Christ, I have to give Him glory for helping me successfully escape it through safety plan- planning. Oh yes, there was uh, yeah massive baggage <laughs> exiting out and you know coming into well my identity. Okay, first of all, yes, because I you know relearn. I-, I had to really relearn who I was. But being with Him, of course, my identity was. And grades into his, okay. Yes. Yes. Um. Oh yeah. And, and coming into the my new identity in and, and the one mm-hmm. Savior Jesus Christ and, 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 and my minister minister husband now. Oh yes, there were massive amount of baggage um, mm-hmm. going into that. Um. Okay. Uh, a lot. All I can say is even like even today. I'm not going to call any names. Uh, I'm not gonna go mm-hmm. um, I can't even go there, but all I could say is
0: compliment
4: compliment yeah, there was a specific one an uh, individual where it is in a very high position, and that's what this way because he was friends with uh my ex and stuff, and I did go to him for help, and I did you know did seek out his help because of his position. I, I was I was turned down and I was I was refused and I was also let's just say <clears throat> coerced, coerced by his position, just to keep it uh-huh. a hush hush. And I say coerced in other means, in other means financial means, in other means to just keep his name out of issue. Or upcoming issues that may, you know, come forth. Because here's the thing: if if I said his if I said his name, right, and that means he was connected to other men of importance, like in City Hall, City Hall, you see, and it's like all of them were in it together, and it was them. So, yeah, and that aspect I was coerced to just.
3: Allow me to connect some of this to what both have said inside of this because there's a number of things that are happening and dynamics. We want to make sure that those of you that are listening, you're hearing this very, very fruitful conversation. You know, uh, Gail, you asked some questions there. I think was very pertinent inside of it, but you also made some statements that I thought was good. And here's the thing about it: you spoke about mental health and and, and the fact that how does mental health impact the issue of domestic violence? On one end, we have a side of domestic violence in the mainstream who absolutely. Uh try to negate the impact of mental health uh our mental illnesses and play a part on the side of the perpetrator yet it still they will admit that domestic violence kid cause mental issues with the victim. The problem with yeah. that is you can 't have it both ways because in many cases, and this is not a justification, and this is where we see a lot of time in mainstream is that they they tend to think that when you bring up mental health as it relates to the abuser that you 're making an excuse are excusing him for his behavior, and I want to make it plainly clear that we're not making an excuse for their behavior, but by the same token, we cannot turn our heads and ignore the fact that in many cases that same abuser grew up in an abusive home or was allowed to have those type of privileges. Inside of the home, right. and guess what? They became a product of that. And so, when they begin to act it out in a relationship, they're acting out the things that they too have been impacted. In many cases we That's see right. where abusers have grown up in abusive home. You know, and this is their lot. This is what they know. Now we see it play out. We see it affect people and those things there. And we have to take in consideration because if we're going to say that the, that that mental health is not a part of it at all, then we we might not ever get to being able to treat them. Get them into proper services Even if it's the fact that they need psychotropic drugs Or whatever to help deal with things and I want to put that on, on the side there On the other end Inside of this yes. These individuals many times have Learned to really manipulate In some cases, yes, are they demonstrating uh, sociopathic tendencies? Absolutely. And those things happen, but we have to keep those things in mind, which brings me to your point when you talked about the fact that look at this guy knew what he was doing. He had power. He had influence. He had a circle of people who esteemed him and adored him, and there are folks who not dare challenge that because of all the things he were in the city. You mentioned the fact of his association and affiliation. Guess what? They needed you, and in many cases, victims to keep it quiet. Don't say nothing, because to indict him is to indict all the associations that he has. So that was the point where even in this case, if I heard you right, that even those they were in high position, even in the church, they found themselves re-victimizing you rather than going to this individual and saying, listen, if there's a problem, you know what's going on? How can we help? And so inside of saying that I bring this point up that that I think is crucial. I think it's crucial for all of us to understand this. There is no certain profile of a perpetrator. They could be the CEO of companies, they could be the one who's behind the pulpit, they can be the one who's signing your check, they could be anyone. We're not talking about necessarily a classification of a person, but we are talking about the behavior of a person and that behavior that knows how to manipulate in his case he knew how to manipulate okay sure you're not going to charge us anything for this no just my gift to the church boy that is influence that is persuasion that is building power behind yourself that is changing people's uh... uh... Perception and perspective of you This is manipulation We know how to do that We know that most abusers are that way They know how to manipulate They know how to control And so here's the problem If as a movement We have those that don't believe That mental health could be a part Of the problem with abusers Then that means that we're not Willing to look far enough Or deep enough to understand Its impact and how far reaching it is because in the same token, when we look at the fact, and here's a study that was done about four years ago, and I thought it was interesting. I think it was Columbia that did the study that talked about the fact that watch this. Why was it that educated women, per capita, educated women, were more uh, suffered abuse more than their uneducated counterparts? How do you explain that? Because mm-hmm. everything in our everything in our makeup tells us, well, you know, uh, if you get a good education, if you're, you know, if you're if you're that business woman, mm-hmm. if you're that career woman, if you're, you know, if you're that power woman, and everything like that, you you, you would probably not suffer domestic violence. And yet, it's still, the study that was done says the opposite. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because once again. Okay. See, the, the academic education does not necessarily make one immune to the, the, the paralysis of relationships. And those relationships okay. oftentimes are, are deceptive from the abuser part. They're deceptive. They're charming. I mean, no one walks into an abusive relationship when the guy introduces himself by choking you, strangling you, and say, hey, baby, I want you to be my lady. No, not at all. So we know that these relationships oftentimes start off with very charming behavior, very calculated behavior, very much deluring behavior, all things that captivate you, but it's all part of the power and control. Exactly. And so, oh, and, and, and putting, all, and, and putting all this in perspective. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people don't see it until it's much too late. Sometimes people are drawn mm-hmm. in by their current situation. Sometimes people are drawn in because I've never had anyone to pay this much attention to me. Not understanding that that attention soon becomes control. It becomes dictatorship. It becomes power. It becomes demeaning. It becomes all of those things. That puts you in a box, and I think those things are very critical to be able to discuss in this time. you listen to Hope and Healing, like a journey to us. This is jr Ficklin, I'm so very glad that you've joined us on tonight. A special guest tonight is on with us, Lotharia, and she is sharing along the topic, When Loving You Is Hurting Me, and we're so glad to have her on, as well as we have Gail Gardner have joined on in this conversation. If you're listening right now, desire to have a question or a comment, just dial ERICO 323 784 create if you're already in the queue simply hit number one on your keypad that lets our producer know that you want to come on the air and we'll get you and we want to take your call right after this commercial break you listen open healing adjourned holders jr Ficklin. we'll be right back after this commercial message
0: You're listening to the Soul of America Radio.
2: You're listening to Hope and Healing, a journey to wholeness with your host, J.R. Thicklin. And remember, you can catch this show every Monday night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern and 8 o'clock p.m. Central. And give them a call tonight at 323-784-9638. 323-784-9638. 323-784-9638. Three seven eight four nine six three eight. You give Jay a call right now. And now back to the show.
3: To wholeness. This is your host Jackland. And I am so very glad that you join us tonight right here on the Social America Radio Network. That's right, each and every Monday night, nine o'clock Eastern time, eight o'clock Pacific, eight o'clock Central, seven o'clock Pacific, and six o'clock, uh, shall I say seven o'clock mountain, six o'clock Pacific, and wherever you are around the globe, you can find us here on this great Soul of America Radio Network. And for those of you that are joining us for the first time, we welcome you as part of this, as this is a very productive movement as we address the issues of domestic violence. We've had as a topic tonight, When Loving You Is Hurting Me, and uh, we are so glad uh, to have had with us today our guest is Slytheria, and uh, she's uh, uh, shared a lot of insight uh, to the dynamics of what happens when that is the case. When a victim time is immobilized by her fear, of a fear of hurting, a fear of protecting, having to protect the reputation of the individual, and oftentimes fear of not being believed because of the fact of that reputation of the individual. And so we're very glad to have her on. We've also had... Gail, join us on with question or comment, and I want you to know that you also uh, can be a guest you with your question and our comment uh, by simply uh, dialing in at three two three seven eight four nine six three eight, and if you already dial in, and, or, or once you dial in, simply hit the number 1 on your keypad. That lets our producer know that you want to get on the air. You don't have to give your name, uh, but we'll be glad to have you tonight, and we want to uh, here with about uh, about 17 minutes left in the show, about actually 15 minutes, I want to go back to Lotharia inside of this. I know that she was sharing uh, inside of these dynamics and what they represented, uh, oftentimes being re-victimized by people who were in position, because oftentimes people just don't want to believe that a person can be this way. And so I want to bring Letheria back on. Uh, Letheria, you're back on the air. Miguel, you're there as well, everything. Uh, I'll continue.
4: Okay, yes I am. Um, I would like to address um some of the comments that you made in regards to um mental the me- mental health of um of the abuser, okay. Um and the victim. Okay, that's that's very crucial. Okay, I must say with my abuser, he, he lost his mother at the age of eight. She died.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay,
4: and he secretly blames her for leaving him. Okay.
1: well
4: um we, in many years he've said if she was in my life his his life would have been differently. Okay. As a result his dad was more harsher, you know, you know, with women and others and it seemed like he just <sighs> blames. He had this like this inner vow or inner blame thing he cared around and I think that played a major part of why he
0: mistreated.
1: Um, women, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mysterio, I don't agree um, because mm-hmm. um, domestic violence is a choice, and mm-hmm. we have yes. a lot of people who um, who have lost loved ones.
4: Yes, I've, okay. um, so I totally agree, and it's a choice and learned behavior. Um, like what I said earlier. Uh, yes, he he learns how to treat women from his father. Okay. Um, things are like intergenerational, grandfather, father, then then himself. Okay. And but all that, his mother, all that plays a part, um, in his mental health. Using and I don't I do know it's a choice you're right. Okay. And as far as um I want to address substance abuse um treatment by the victim, um I just wanted to point out too um, that staying in an abusive relationship uh, or marriage can lead to several places. And one place is the grave, substance abuse treatment centers, um, like you mentioned, prison, mental institutions, um, hospitals or shelter, homelessness. Um, and regards to substance abuse um, treatment centers. And what I found out is that um, she may turn to the victim may turn to drugs, alcohol or any type of drug of choice, uh, to help numb the pain okay of of dealing with it and going through it all right? um tales they may turn to um they may have suicidal thoughts, okay, or attempt suicide all right um or going to chronic depression i mean like cannot function two or three weeks, um cannot get out of bed, cannot tend to the kids um due to the treatment um that you know the the abuse is opposing on her. So I just want to, you know, want to point out those, um, those places or conditions. You That's know,
3: inside of, both, inside of both comments, you know, we, we often talk about, you know, the choice, and we, and we know that domestic violence is a choice. And and one of the things I think it's is such a thin line between inside of that definition is this. We can use the word coping skills. We can use the word alternatives. We can use the word, you know, how do people, you know, there are people that get angry and they may yell. Mm-hmm. There are people that get angry and they may get in their car and just drive away. There are people that get angry and they may punch walls or whatever. And whether we say they're substituting the walls and all that for a victim, everything is a behavior. You know, every behavior, I mean, everything that they do is a choice that they're making, this is the way that they're coping. The fact it, those choices oftentimes are impacting the lives of others, uh, is controlling them, it is uh, uh, frightening them, it's intimidating them, and therefore it becomes a tool. It becomes a tool of oppression, if you would. It becomes a tool of intimidation. I think one of the things that we have to keep so clearly in mind inside of all of those things at which we talk is the fact of this, is that there is a cause and there is an effect. Uh, one of the things that is very highly being being researched now is the fact that what happens to children that are traumatized and go untreated? What happens to children that are traumatized and oftentimes internalize uh, things that they have been uh, exposed to? Oftentimes never treated, and we see those things being played out oftentimes in their behavior. And some things are triggered when they are in, when they are uh, if you would when they're involved in certain relationships, certain situations. It is one of the things that happen today when we when we see, oftentimes when there even have been homicides or formalicide, or children have witnessed parents being murdered in front of them, or those things there. And we have to ask ourselves a question, you know, especially culturally. With the stigma that we have in our community about mental health and mental illnesses, are we not doing ourselves a disservice? On one end, we have us as pastors and religious leaders. There are many of of us that will say, you know, they just need prayer, or they, they, they may just need deliverance, and I agree with all that. But deliverance may not just come from pouring of oil and laying of hands. Perhaps deliverance is something that, for some, is a process. It's a process of intervention, a process of counseling, a process of a lot of these things to help them deal with what they're dealing with. And I think what happens inside of this whole subject matter is that we have to be so careful that we don't have a one size fit all mentality or we don't automatically rule out what might be good for one may also or may not be good for the other, and I think that is so important inside of the critical nature of this subject matter. Because if we don't do so, guess what? I said all the time. Many of our abusers grew up in our homes. They grew up at home. It's a learned behavior. It is the it is the parent university when children are exposed. And so I, I go back to this point here. In many cases and i in my years, I worked in shelter services in in my early years and one of the things I understood is that in many cases, I've seen victims who who never made a made the decision to come to the shelter until they saw mm-hmm. the impact of the abuse that they lived in was having on their children, or the abusers started then also abusing their children, and as a result of it. It became that catalyst for that victim to exit and to find a way out. And I believe that we have to understand that safety is one thing, meaning that we're removed from the, for the endangerment of that situation, living with or coexisting with that abuser. But I don't believe that safety is, the, is, is, is all of it. I think after the safety, after the safety, we have to be very cautious of the fact of what do we do to help preserve their lives? What do we do to help them reconcile? What do we do? Because oftentimes, even in schools, that's why there must be a greater education with, with school systems, greater education with counselors, get greater education for teachers. Because, listen, you don't understand what a child has gone through. You know, you're expecting a child to come to school, take a state-standardized test, and do well, and this kid here has been dealing the last two days not even getting sleep because of the, uh, of, the of the ruckus that is going on in the house, the abuse going on, the fucking, the frightening. In many cases, children sleeping in closets because they're afraid of what's going to happen at home, and then they come to school. And when they come to school, we expect them to function. So teachers not having information, not understanding what have happened, not being equipped to ask the right questions, they do what they know to do because now the child seems to be a problem in the class. Lift your head up while you're sleeping in my class. Get out. I'm sending you straight to the office. I'm sending you straight to ISS. And so it becomes a punishment. Well, for the kid who's gone through that for the last night or two, inside of that, they've already been punished they 've been punished because they 've been up all night they 've been punished because of the fear that they they 've endured. Now they come to school and we expect them to be alert, learn, and perform and And what we 're getting is not that we 're getting them saying, "Listen, this is what is happening you 're seeing them suffer you 're seeing their you 're actually seeing what 's happening with them you 're seeing the sentence now being played out because now we 're sending that kid out of the classroom. Get them out of the classroom, off the time' cause they're not participating or those things. And no one ever asks a question, what's wrong? Yeah. No one asks hmm. the question, what's wrong? We conclude immediately, get out of my classroom. You're disrupting my class. Get out of my. Listen, if you're not going to participate, get out of here. You don't need to be. And that's what happened from teachers who have not been educated to understand this is a dynamic situation. Is school even a safe place for children to admit that I have a problem at home? Is even school a safe place for a child to be able to say, listen, I need to talk to the counselor and everything because I didn't sleep last night? This is what happened at my house. Is school even that place? And if school is not that place, think about the children who go on week after week, year after year, month after month, without having any intervention whatsoever, somewhere along the line they're going to explode or they're going to implode. And when they explode, you know what happens? They generally end up exploding and finding themselves in the criminal justice system. And so guess what? They got no help when they were the victims, but they get prosecuted and get locked up and get all these things when they now begin to act out of what they've been exposed to. That is why, though I know that it is a behavior, the choice is a behavior, the the behavior uh, that they exhibit is a choice, when we talk about uh, abusers, we have to understand what are those things that oftentimes have put them there the child who was never ever able given permission to express himself talk about i'm hurting I go back to this as an anger management specialist, and I deal with men a lot. And these men end up in our jails, our prison. They end up in the system. And guess what? We have nurtured them to never, ever express anger, to express that I'm afraid, that I'm sad. Because most time, guess what? It's all right for a young boy. It's all right for him to show anger. It's all right for him to show, do say, but we never give him permission to say, I'm sad. That hurt me. <laughs> That really injured me. What do we say? Even well-intentioned men and women say, boy, drive those tears. Stop acting like a little girl. What's wrong Mm -hmm. with you? Stop acting like a little girl. He runs and he falls and scrapes his knee. He starts crying. We say, stop acting like a little girl. His sister runs and scrapes her knee. And we say, come here, let me kiss Mm it. Oh, mama, baby, daddy's baby. Come here. Mm -hmm. But we didn't give him the same permission. Guess what? Only he has only emotion that he's generally given to express is the anger. So now we got a prison full of men, jailhouses full of men who running around talking about, "Hey, ain't gonna be soft." The reality of, is that you've already been breeded to be soft. You've been raised to be soft because really being soft is having it's having is not having the ability to express yourself in a healthy manner. That is what soft is. Hard is, really, my ability to even up under the most extreme pressure, I can express myself in a way that communicates my emotion, my pain, my hurt, and understand that it's all right to do so. Oh. It is something that I think that we have to really relook we that, that we have to take a second look at inside of the field, inside of all of these things. Because I think what has happened is that when we put domestic violence at a box, it starts oozing out all over the place because, and guess what? It may not look the same from one case to another. Sometimes it looks different. It looks different. The number of cases I've dealt with, I'm quite sure, uh you know, you've seen these exact same things in your cases. The of cases I've dealt with, I've dealt with cases where victims say, I'm not a victim, not at all. No, he hit me, I knocked the fire right out of it. Oh, no, I'm not a victim. Oh, he know he raised his hand against me. He knows it's on. Well, guess what's happening? That individual don't think they're a victim because of the fact they retaliate and they and this is the way their normality is and so they don't see the victimization part of it. But they never think about what if others are exposed to this, what if this is what children see? What is it once again, we go back to understanding and that's what that, that whole thing about, about, about you know, what does the victim look like, what does the perpetrator look like, man, it can be very subjective. Mm. Mm. Because to the victim who doesn't know that they're a victim it could be very dangerous. Mm-hmm. And to the perpetrator who doesn't understand mm-hmm. that their actions is that which is abusive, Abusive. it can also be very devastating because now mm-hmm. you're living a life that you actually think this is normal. You really think it's normal to talk to women that way. You really think it's normal to put your hands on people. You really think it's normal to threat. You really think it's normal. And without proper intervention and seeing some behavior modification, We begin to see a world that is abnormal who's crying out thinking that they are normal. You're listening to Hope and Healing, like a journey to hold us. This is your host, J.R. Thickland. We're right at the end of the show, and I want to give you an opportunity uh, with, your, with your last comments there. Wow, we got on a little late, and I really wish we could, uh, boy, I really wish we could recuperate that particular time together, because I think it's very important to do so. And I'm not sure, did we lose Gail? Okay, we might have lost Gail, mm-hmm. and she's somewhere. So, Gail, if you're, if you're talking, if you're talking, Gail, we only have about three or four minutes, but but I don't know if you've been trying to talk, mm-hmm. but your mic wasn't on, but you're on the air now with us, and uh, when our last two minutes, I don't know if you had a question or comment or re- reply, but in our last two minutes, I'd like to get you and Latirius last um, your your, uh, your final comments.
0: Well, I just wanted to say I appreciate the guest tonight and, and her her bravery and and what he has done to come no longer what I like to say no longer a survivor but a thriver. Also, um, hopefully, we can even stretch this out further I was in a conversation um- uh, regarding um on saturday- at a witness conference regarding um forgiveness and oh, how yeah. that plays into um the trauma that is experienced um uh, regarding domestic violence and sexual abuse and, and how people will revic- will you will wind up being revictimized by your own kind because of mm-hmm. what we believe forgiveness um how how we sit Um, Handle forgiveness in those areas So I do appreciate All that has been said this evening And is As lively as ever And would love to Hear our, our speaker again
3: well, one of the things I will say, and I really appreciate it, Gail, is the fact that, you know, uh, that's a very powerful subject uh, of forgiveness. Uh, about a month ago, actually in April, uh, one of our other guests that was on just uh, shortly, uh, a real good colleague of mine here, Sabrina Harris, actually had a, had a, a program uh, here in the greater South Florida area, and it was uh, actually, it dealt with the whole part of forgiveness, the power of forgiveness. And one of the things... Um, uh, one of the things that was so very important there was the fact that they dealt with this issue of forgiveness, understanding that forgiveness mm-hmm. is a process. It was a process. It wasn't it's something that process. happened so in- instantly. Yes, right. But forgiveness was a process, and that one of the things that we uh, okay, everything. I've just got word from our president and, and uh, our president mm-hmm. of uh, and CEO of the uh, Soul America Radio Network that uh, we've been given about a twenty-minute extension. <laughs> On the program, so that's great, uh, and uh, wow! I mean, this has been—I uh, mean, this has been Wonderful. a very, very informative uh, show. But one of the yeah, things—those yeah. audiences that are listening by internet—I'm gonna—I'm gonna be uh, very sorry that we will lose you. But what you can do is dial in at area code three two three seven eight four nine six three eight, and you'll be able to continue on with us inside of. of so that's one of the things that you can do, area code 323 963 and you can remain with us even, even after the Internet is off. So we, we invite you on uh, tonight. And uh, those of you that are still listening on, I believe that you can still hit one on the keypad if you'd like to interject with a question and or comment. And so, uh, as I was saying, we had a very uh, – she had a tre- tremendous show there. Uh, that dealt with forgiveness. And so what I want to say to you is this, is the fact that I would love, uh, uh, perhaps in the next week or two, being able to bring that show on the air and have some other guests on that was a part of that platform along with yourself, and we can really uh, begin to unpack this whole thing about forgiveness. Yeah. Because one of the things yeah. I want to yeah. say that, uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, <laughs> what we do know is this, is two things, anger and unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. anger and unforgiveness is something that not only impacts you emotionally, but it mm-hmm. can cause physical harm and health uh, issues, and all of those things happen. A lot of times the doctors will diagnose and say, listen, you know, you're going in because you're sad, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that, and they can't find it. And, now, and a lot of times people say, "Well, you know that you know it's not really true and uh, and, and uh, uh but the doctors say all the time it's physiological, it's happening in that way, uh and some people say, well, it's psychosemantics, well, whatever you want to call it, when we deal with unforgiveness and unforgiveness begin to swell up inside of us." And when I say unforgiveness, to the place it calls anger. And it's kind of almost like you were talking about earlier, Etheria, with, with your ex-abuser, how he lived his life really blaming his mother, who had left, who had passed, at eight years old. That is a lifelong of unforgiveness. That's a lifelong of, of, of unforgiveness and anger. And so inside of that, his action, he struck out. He began to strike out at who? Women. He struck out at Mm -hmm. women. So he he did what? He he attacked women. He he struck out at women. Because perhaps (laughs) the fact of you're with me, but for how long? Will you leave me too? Mm -hmm. Yes. So do I control you? You know, do I do those things Mm -hmm. to control you? You know, even in some time in relationships that we think that are healthy, how many times people do things and they they treat people the way they do, they do the things that they do, hoping that 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 will keep a person acting a certain way or keep a person in bay. And so we think that, well, if I do this for you and I treat you like this, then you you automatically supposed to do this. And and it's not automatic. And so those things are very important. So those things are very important. And of those things, so, Want we'll to make sure that we got that in. Go, that nine six three eight. That is how you reach us here on the Soul of America Radio Network. I'm going to take one more break. It'll be our final break of this evening. But mm-hmm. if you have a question and a comment, simply hit number one on your keypad. We'll love to get your question or comment. You're listening to Hope and Healing: A Journey to wholeness. Tonight's subject: When Loving You Is Hurting Me. This is J.R. Ficklin. I'll Thank be you. right back after this commercial break. Thank you.
2: A journey to wholeness with J.R. Thicklin is coming back right after this. You're listening to the soul of America Radio LLC.
0: This is the one and only
1: sword.
2: million children witness domestic violence right in their homes. Domestic violence is most likely to occur between the hours of 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. More than 60% of domestic abuse incidents happen right at home. Survivors of domestic violence face high rates of depression Sleep disturbance, anxiety, flashbacks, and other emotional distress. If you or someone that you know is a victim of domestic violence, or if you think someone is, reach out to them. If you are a victim, reach out to somebody. You can call the national hotline right now at one eight hundred. 799 7233. That's 1 800 799 7233. If you didn't have a chance to write that number down, call Jay Thicklin right now at 1 323 784 9638.
0: This is the one
2: and only sword. Speak to Jay right now at 323-784-9638. 3, 3, and now, hope and healing, a journey to wholeness continues with your host, J.R. Dicklin.
3: back to hope and healing a journey to hold us this is your host Fickland, and i'm so very glad that you've joined us here tonight on the soul of america radio network and uh As I say, each and every Monday night, this is where you join us. Just a little bonus coverage here, another about five to ten minutes. we begin the show, but we're uh, very thankful for our caller tonight and our guests tonight, uh, uh, both Litheria as well as Gail, uh, being in with us tonight. And uh, definitely we open it up to you, uh, any last-minute questions and our comments, and we're going to begin to wrap this up tonight, going to wrap this part up, and hopefully that – you know, and, and 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 that you have been uh, definitely uh, enlightened in some areas to understand these dynamics. That uh, it's not as easy as it may sound or look like to others. And because it's not as easy as it may look like or uh, sound to others, people must understand that domestic violence is not simple. It is very complex. It brings about a uh, a lot of different dynamics, affect people on every level. And those are the things that we have to keep in mind inside of that. So with that being said, um, I'm going to allow for the last uh, couple of words from you uh, tonight, and we'll move forward.
4: Okay. All right. I like I'd like to say something um, before we go really quickly. Um, okay. Um, responding on forgiveness, um, mm-hmm. the call said is very important. Um, I just want to say I, I, I couldn't forgive him at first. Um, it was very difficult. Uh, I couldn't forgive him all on my own. I, I did. I, I tried, and um, I couldn't. And I found out that I needed the help of the Holy Spirit to do that. In my Lord sure. and Savior Jesus, to do that. And um, at first, it, it, I want to say it's not a feeling. It's not a feeling. It's a, it's a decision. You have to decide first to forgive, and then just like our, in, in the prayer in, in Matthew, the scripture says in Matthew. But uh, right in the devil Father of prayer, he says, forgive, forgive. Jesus says, forgive those, our debts and trespasses. So we ourselves, you know, if we forgive our debts and trespasses, then he will forgive. The Father will forgive us, our debts and you know, trespasses. And that there prompted me to forgive him. Lord, I want you to forgive me of mine, uh, so I know I must forgive him. So, like I said, it was a decision, and and he did help me. He did help me to forgive him, finally, um, because forgiveness is is not for, you know, it's it's for you. Absolutely. And it brings us healing and a journey to hope and healing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I want to thank you for this opportunity and the caller. Oh, thank you very much Uh, for giving me this opportunity to share my story and to go forth. <laughs> I just I just wanna just thank the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for this for this
3: platform. Absolutely. Well thank you so very much for sharing. I think it's so very important. Inside of everything that you've said, uh, you know, once again, uh, uh you know, uh, one of the things that is so important is this. It's the fact that it's not easy always to even forgive. It takes a, a great strength. And for many of us, we understand it takes a spiritual strength to get that, to that place. One of the things I think that happens is this, is that uh, so many times I think we focus on the act, you know, and we don't consider the actor inside of it, and not that we look for excuses for the actor. I think we must understand that in many ways, you know, God, you know, what has happened in this person's life, you know, that calls them to be this way? You know, to be able to come to a place of of not only praying for them, but understand that when we do ask for forgiveness and when forgiveness do come, you know, inside of it, forgiveness doesn't mean they become your new best buddy. Forgiveness doesn't mean that all of a sudden, hey, uh, let's meet over at, uh, you know, uh, let's meet over there at, uh, you know, at at Rain Dancer's Restaurant or let's meet at the Cheesecake Factory for, for lunch or dinner. That's not what forgiveness means at all. But forgiveness is releasing that individual releasing them yes. and releasing them because to think that my unforgiveness of them is somehow or another going to punish them, then I'm really fooling myself. I have a niece who says it very simple. She said, you know what unforgiveness is? She said, it's like drinking deli poison and waiting for the other person mm-hmm. to die. And so it's so important that we mm-hmm. forgive one another. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. we a show tonight and i and I'm very, uh, happy about uh what has been uh delivered tonight and remember you can always go back to www.soulofamericaradio.com and you can always go there uh and listen to the podcast of any of our broadcast any of our broadcasts you can always go back and listen to it you can share it with someone if you like those of you uh, okay um uh those of you that uh, are listening tonight you can always go and also download our app go to your app store Go to our App Store. Our App Store, you can go to it if you own Google. I have a Samsung phone. Go to Google App Store and put in Soul of America Radio. And uh, and you will be able to bring up our app, download it to your device, and it downloads quite easily. And uh, you'll see there where it says shows, and you can go back and listen to any show that's been on this network, including the Tony mm-hmm. Stallings Show and the other shows that are here. Uh, there are a lot of classic shows that have been there on. So you can do that. You can always use it to share with someone. Perhaps you know someone who's actually going through, and, and you, you quite haven't known how to approach them and talk to them about it. But perhaps you could say, listen, I want you to listen to this show that I was listening to because I learned something or something that was very powerful there. And I thought of you and, uh, and give an opportunity to do so. So I think that makes a big difference inside of the work that we all look to do. So, uh, uh, you know, I want to make sure that you do that. Once again, www.soulofamericaradio.com. You can go there in the hope and healing tab, go to archive shows and be able to pull those things up. I want you to also visit us on our, uh, uh Facebook pages. There is a page, Domestic balance is Your Business, as one of our, as well as our desk. And um, whichever way you decide to uh, contact us, know that we're there. We're looking forward to you and looking forward to continue to make a difference. If you're knowing someone who's in a domestic violence situation right now, you heard it earlier, but the national hotline number, 1 eight hundred seven nine nine seven two three three one eight hundred seven nine nine 799 7233. 799 SAFE. And I say to you, as we prepare to get out of here today, that listen, that there is no excuse for abuse. Understand this, that abuse is not problem of a victim. Abuse is a problem of the perpetrator. So until next time, this is J.R. Thicklin. And on behalf of all of us here at Solo America Radio Network and Destiny by Truth, I want to say, have a great day, remain safe, and understand that you can turn your pain into power. Be blessed. Have a great day on today. Thank you very much.